KMW, I'm Melissa. And I'm Stephanie Carcace. And we are two sisters and the founders of Millennial Women. And your host of Millennial Women Talk, the podcast. We are so grateful you're sharing your time with us today. In today's episode of Millennial Women Talk, we discuss pet loss and grief with the help of our dear friend, writer and mental wellness content creator, Vivian Nunez. After I lost my pup, Romeo, after 15 years, a month and a half ago, I struggled with the feelings of overwhelming grief and shame to admit it. On this episode, we learn that grief looks different for everyone. We also learn how to manage all the different emotions grief can bring on, even through the loss of a pet, and how to not be afraid of facing grief at one point in your life. There are so many vulnerable and insightful moments on this episode. Here is our full conversation with Vivian Nunez. Hey, Mel. Hello. <laughs> so I know you've been really wanting to do this episode for a while. It's something that you've been dealing with in this season of your life. Yes. I'm actually very nervous about this particular episode because I feel like I've never been this vulnerable on the show. Mm. So I'm a little bit nervous. Don't be nervous. You are with me and also, you know, with our listeners, which is our beautiful community. Yeah. And I'm excited to bring in Vivian, who's a dear friend of ours, yes. to come in because I feel like she's going to give me, I'm already want to cry. She's going to give me a lot of comfort. Yes. So don't cry already. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, you know what? Cry, actually. It's normal. It's, it, you know, I think what you've been going through is something that everybody's going to have to go through at one point or the other. So I'm just so proud of you for wanting to be open, you know, and kind of share your experience. So if you don't mind sharing now. Yeah. So in today's episode, as our viewers are going to hear and watch, I think it's important for us to talk about grief for this, this particular episode's surrounded around pet loss grief. So I lost my dog Romeo about a month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. But I do want to talk about how he came into my life yes. because it was very unique. And you never wanted a dog. You were like, the dog person. I was person. always the dog person. <laughs> so it's like, it was kind of shocking that you wanted, wanted a, dog. a dog. I know. So it's funny, when I was about 18 years old, I had just met my now fiance, Jose, and we just started dating. And all of a sudden, I never forget this day, we were walking towards the parking lot of the school we were leaving, it was the end of the school day. And uh, I said to him, I really want a dog. And he was like, you want a dog? I was like, yeah, I just, I really want a dog. And I want it to be a chihuahua. And I just, I want to have a dog. And yeah. so we went on this process of finding this dog. And a friend of ours got hers in Homestead, Florida and a mm -hmm. breeder. And so I called her up and I said, do you have any puppies? And she was like, no, my litter, like, she just had puppies, all the puppies, she had four puppies, they're all gone, they're all sold, so you have to wait for the next one. And I said, oh, okay. Like two weeks later, she calls me and she was like, listen, out of, you know, she had um, three, yeah, I'm counting four, she had three <laughs> girls and a boy. She's like, no one has claimed the boy, like I'm calling the guy that was going to buy him right. and he's not answering, do you want to come and see him? And I said, yes. So I drove, I lied to mom because my mom, our mom doesn't like dogs at all. So I lied to her and told her I was going to go to like the mall with Janelle, my friend Janelle. Yeah. And uh, and I lied to her and I went to go see this dog. And she brought him out and he was so cute. He was literally the palm, like the size of my yeah. palm of my hand. Eyes so closed. He was all brown. I remember I told you he yeah. looked like Bambi, Paris Hilton's like Chihuahua she had. <laughs> and I was in love with him instantly. I said, this is my dog. And I just knew I had a connection to him like instantly. Mm. And then we traveled to Los Angeles together. We moved yeah. away together. I knew nobody. I was by myself. And it was just me and him. And just like he was in my life for 15 years. Yeah, that's Which a long is time. crazy. And then you got Donatella, which yes. 
they bonded together. We had they two dogs bond. together and it was really nice. Yeah. And, and it was amazing how he came into your life, but also like how he spent his life with yeah. you because he was, he, 15 years is a long, long time. Yeah. And you went through so many different chapters in your life. And this dog was right there with you. Yeah. Right? I remember when I faced uh, depression for the first time, I was like 20, 21 years old. And he was with me throughout that whole like journey. And then moving back to Miami from Los Angeles and going through that, trying to recover from, you know, this, this deep depression that I was in. Mm. Um, and you were really the only person that knew and obviously Romeo and Romeo, <laughs> my dog. Yeah. Um, and he helped me through that, you know, and and even when Halsey and I, because Halsey and I have been together for the same amount of time, now 16 years together. Yeah. And our dream was always to have a home together with him. And we were mm -hmm. able to accomplish that. You did. And that was very, very special for me. Yeah. He was also there for, oh, I forgot to say, he was also there for my engagement. So Jose proposed That's last right. year. Yeah, May 2020 in, in our house during the middle of a pandemic. And, <laughs> you know, he videotaped it and Romeo was there. And that was very special for me yeah. because I really wanted him to be a part of that. So Yeah. And so... I want you to talk a little bit about sort of this relationship, the bond, you know, obviously you're bonded because he was always there with you, but sometimes when people look at animals, right, they kind of don't understand the relationship that you can have with an animal. And so I would love for you to speak on that because I've never seen someone bond with an animal. It, it, like you it was did a, with Romeo. It was a spiritual connection. Yeah. I can't even explain it. It wasn't that I saw him as a human or that I saw him as an animal. It was just this energy right. that we connected. Like he knew everything about me. I knew everything about him. Every little thing that I was wrong with him, I picked it up instantly. Right. You know, and um, and I, you know, he was born with a heart condition and like a leaking valve and all these other things. And we knew that eventually as he got older, we would have to be on medication and we would he would be on a journey. Right. And, you know, as I think as a pet owner, you always feel like your animals and even the people around you live on forever. Right. And so last year during the pandemic um, in April, we noticed that he was struggling a little bit. And the first sign of like a heart uh, a heart failure is this cough. They have like this honking sound cough. Yes. And he started to do that. So I already kind of knew that, okay, we have to take him in and see what's going on. And that's when we started the medication. And around once you start that, it's about six months to a year of life. He made it to the year, which I was very happy about. But my biggest fear was was putting him down. I didn't want to go through that. I've heard. You didn't want to make that decision. Well, it's just like for any pet owners had to do that. It's just trauma. I feel like it's traumatizing, right? Like I didn't want to do that. Mm. So I fought tooth and nail to like keep him as comfortable as possible. And, and he did. Like he was really comfortable towards the end it got very hard he was drinking like seven or eight pills a day yes that you know was, like seven in the morning four in the evening it was hard days he wouldn't want to take them i would get frustrated because i was like please like if you don't take this like you're gonna die and i was just always afraid like i had so much fear and anxiety and it's like bringing it back to me now I'm, like feeling the anxiety now because it's like I didn't know what to expect. Like mm. fear is so debilitating because you don't know what to expect. And that's essentially what anxiety is, right? It's like right. the fear of the unknown. And I was like, what's it going to be? Is he going to die at home? Is he going to, I have to make that decision. Right, right. And so when it got like really close to it, like I already kind of knew, and it was actually on your birthday. Mm -hmm. And I was so, I had so much anxiety that day, remember? I do remember. And I remember going home and Jose saying like, he's not doing well. and. He was just like, I want to use the Spanish words, but it was tirao. Like he was just laying there. He didn't want to get up. His breathing was already weird. 
And then that Tuesday, that was on a Sunday, that Tuesday, I already kind of, well, no, that Monday I took him into the doctor. And then the doctor just told me like, he's already in kidney failure. Like, this is it. So I said, okay, what do we have to do? And they were like, let me just, they knew how important. So this is why I give a big shout out to Florida uh, vet cardiology. Mm -hmm. Dr. Proshek was like my everything. Cause I've never met a vet that literally like, I don't know, stood by my side that entire time and never felt like he's dying. So just let's put him to sleep and forget it. No, right. he tried to the very end. So he said, listen, let's just put some fluids and we'll take to send him home so that he could be with you. But we knew hmm. I had the appointment just in case uh, to put him down that Tuesday afternoon um, because we didn't want him to suffer. But right. throughout that whole Tuesday, I woke up with him. We went to the balcony, which is what he loved, um, you know, and then the process began. But I'm just so grateful that the doctor was with us on the phone all day. So that way we made sure he wasn't suffering. And then when you guys got there. Yeah, that's when he had he left when he left. But it meant a lot to me because you guys got there and he saw you guys. And then um, I know yeah, that was it. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing with with death, because it's like. You're saying like the fear of the unknown, right? But if it is something that we do know is that we will experience grief, right? At one point or another. And and death is the known. Like out of all the unknowns, we do know that death is the known. And, you know, I also know like your pain and how also you struggled with you accepted it at the end. Mm -hmm. I remember being like, wow, Mel was so strong. She like accepted it. You accepted it. I think you also dealt a little bit with, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a little bit of like shame or guilt because you were grieving the loss of a pet. So can you talk a little bit about that to our listeners? Because I just, I think that that could really be so helpful for people. I think it can be embarrassing for someone to be like this, how I feel. And it'd be about an animal, right? Because mm -hmm. it's almost like, well, don't, you're supposed to feel that about a parent or a grandparent or a sibling or somebody very like a human being, mm -hmm. not necessarily an animal, right? But it's like what I mentioned earlier, like it wasn't an animal or a human. It was a, an energy of spirit that was very strong and that I felt was there for me throughout a lot of big moments in my life. Mm -hmm. As are humans, humans are there for you too, like in big right. moments of your life. And so I felt a lot of guilt and a lot of shame with that because I didn't know how to express myself. And that's why I was nervous to do this this episode, too, because I was just like, I kind of feel a little bit embarrassed. But you shouldn't because, you know, you know that, sometimes when we feel embarrassed about something, it's like we isolate ourselves. You yeah. isolate yourself that you you are the only one going through this experience, which is why you are embarrassed. And then it takes you to open up to then realize that all of a sudden, like so many people can resonate and relate. Yeah. And so you shouldn't feel embarrassed at all. You should actually feel brave because, you know, by doing this episode, somebody right now is listening and being like, wow, I can relate to that. Well, or, I got so many messages right. after sharing like his story. And, yes. and then that's when I came up with the idea say, maybe we should talk about this on yes. the podcast and see if this would help someone. I would absolutely love to to bring in a special friend of ours. Yeah, somebody very close to us that I mean, I love and respect so much. Yes. And she is, she's absolutely been amazing for her own community and our community mm -hmm. um, who have been dealing with grief. You know, she's a person that we turn to when we need some advice in how to deal with this. And mm -hmm. so I would love to take this opportunity to welcome 
her into our show right now. Um, Vivian Nunez. <laughs> How are you doing, oh Vivian? Thank you so much for joining us. Oh my God, of course. I'm like in tears already having heard like the first half of this conversation. I know. Yeah. You know, it's tough, right? Because I feel like for me, the I, I, I have my moments, right? It's such, grief is so interesting. And you and I've talked about it off, a little bit offline, but it's like, it's a unique journey I've never felt. And I've lost my grandparents. I lost my grandmother back in December, um, but it's a different grief. And because it was different, meaning that Romeo's loss was harder on me than my grandmother's, I felt a lot of shame and embarrassment because you would think that the grandmother would be stronger. Have you experienced that? Is that normal? Like, what are well, your thoughts on that? Well, I think, you know, as you were talking, I feel like a lot of times when I have these conversations around grief with other people, um, I think they're so surprised by the fact that it's different, right, per relationship, per person, um, and that it's – or that not even that it's different, more that it doesn't look the same because they expect it to look the same for every single thing. Right. And I think that, you know – there are many people whose grandparents who for them it is a relationship that was very distant. So it's hurtful right? and that you have that moment of pain, but it's not something that you're necessarily feeling on a day to day and in a deep way. Um, right. And I think that the way I've always looked at grief in general is that it's about relationships, right? It's both the relationship you lose to the, to whoever you have lost, but it's also the relationship to the versions of yourself that you were with that person. Because mm -hmm. every single person only knew you in, in that specific way, right? So for me, for instance, like I've lost my mom when I was 10 and then my grandmother when I was 21. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that my the loss of my grandmother always hits different because mm -hmm. she was with me through so many different chapters of my life. Like I was right. 21. I was pretty much out of college, literally two months away from graduating when she passed away. And so I got to live so much more with her and she got to know me as a baby, as a kid, as a teenager, as an adult in ways that my mom never did. So while I yearn a lot of times like missing my mom and wishing she would be around for certain things, I miss the idea of her having been there, but I don't miss her in essence, right? Because I don't know who she would have been to me in, as an adult. And so it's difficult wow. to miss that kind of thing, right? And so for your for your example too, right? In someone else's eyes, it'd be like, well, you would miss your mom when you would miss your grandmother, right? But that doesn't make sense for my life because of the way that it played out. And so I think when you're thinking about the comparison for you between Romeo and your grandmother or for anyone kind of comparing griefs, like you never win with grief wars. Like everyone's grief is just what it is. And we get a lot more out of that experience, right? Of just healing and peace when we just kind of let it be what it is and address it as a unique experience. You know, I think yeah. grief in a dictionary has a single definition, but in life it doesn't. And it is very, wow. very, very subjective to like who you are, what you're going through, the season of life you're in, right? You just got engaged, you're getting married. There are moments that you're looking forward to that like, you guys had planned with him because he was such a big part of your family with your fiance. And so like, right. that is something that is second to none of that's just that experience and what it is. Right. Yeah. It was at the everyday. Cause it was like 24 seven versus my grandmother. You know, I could go sadly a couple of days, couple of weeks, especially during the pandemic. We never saw my grandmother because we wanted to protect her. And sadly, then she left us in December. Thank God not from COVID, but 
you know, it, it, I understand, I could see that how it's, it's just the time spent also with. Yeah. And the deepness of that relationship, right? Like there are many, many people who will tell you if they've lost a parent or something and say like, you know, I did lose my mom or I did lose my dad, but I had no relationship there. So it it hits different. And it's not as something that as I, I would mourn if it was something that I saw them every day, or if I had that deep relationship, it's complicated. Relationships are complicated. But I think when yeah. you think about it, a pet, especially, oh my gosh, like my, so I have a dog with my boyfriend, Chauncey. He's a year he's old, so but my <laughs> my first dog was Mila, is Mila, and she's eight years old now. And wow. she was my first pet ever. Um, she's my uncle's dog now. But I look at her and like she had a really big surgery when she was two or three for her back and she had a herniated disc. Wow. She had to relearn how to walk. She was paralyzed. And I remember that gut-wrenching feeling because it was two, it was maybe a year after my grandmother had passed away, not Mm -hmm. even. And she was going through the surgery and we were like, we don't know if she's going to make it through. She's so little. And I mean, that was, that re-triggered so much grief that I had already inside of me. And this idea of this dog that I'm loving unconditionally and she's loving me unconditionally. And how does that go? There's also lack of closure, right? Because you're like, you wish they could talk in those moments and you could be like, wait, I love you so much. Do you know that? Um, and so I think that it's complicated and relationships are complicated, but the relationship a person has with their pets, I think is in many ways, a deeper or a different level of deep than you would have with like your partner, or your best friend, because it's just like this dog goes through everything. I remember Mila when my grandmother died, I was laying on my bed and she just came and like put her whole entire face right on my face. Oh, and like, that know. was that for me. Yeah. And that for me was like, look she knows and like I may not be able to break down in this way with the rest of my family but like she's got my back it's all energetic that's why yeah. it's so special it's it there's no like judging it's just come pure energy and you know besides like the shame of me admitting this right because a lot of people I'm just from outside just you know I felt also jealousy right so I couldn't even see like for example our brother has a German shepherd now he's about a year old colonel Mm -hmm. and I couldn't even go to my brother's house because I was like I can't see another dog because I'm like jealous Mm -hmm. of this like you have your and I was like that's unique different I've never felt that is that part of grief too like I felt these weird all these different emotions I couldn't see people's photos with their dogs like Mm -hmm. so strange is that normal too oh my gosh it's a hundred percent like normal I think that that's again that's why I say like grief has such a like I don't even know the definition in the dictionary, but it's so small, right? It's like a few words. And it's like, you don't even, when you're living through it, grief is jealousy, grief is anger, grief is anxiety, grief is wanting to do every single thing on your like to-do list today because you don't want to, because like part of you is subconsciously just trying to push you through the day because you don't want to have to sit with it, Mm -hmm. right? Like grief is so many different things. It has, it's a label for everything, especially when you're in that season. And Jealousy is so much a part of that. Like we were talking about my mom earlier because I didn't have much time with her when it came to mother-daughter dances or Mother's Day at school or just the regular mention of a mom doing a thing with her kid, with her teenage kid during the weekend that I never got the chance to. I was so jealous. And it was something that was so present in my life. And kind of like you're saying, it was never talked about as this being a part of grief. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes you end up feeling, wait, am I a bad person? Because shouldn't I just be happy for this person that they're doing this thing? But it's it's your own personal journey, right? And like accepting that is also a really big part of the journey. It has nothing to do with the other person. I like 
it's wonderful that they're doing whatever they're doing with their lives on, on a given Sunday. But for you, it's like, okay, wait, my grief is manifesting as jealousy. Like, have I given myself enough room this week to grieve? Right? Like, mm-hmm. have I given myself a container to put that in so that it doesn't manifest as jealousy? And it may as well still be that, but at least you're checking yourself and giving yourself space to be like, all right, well, this is what I'm feeling. So can I journal a little bit and get myself to a better place? Or can I not go to that thing where that person is going to be because it's going to make me feel that way? And maybe right now, I just can't do that. Maybe I can do it in a month and I'll check in right. with myself then. Right. Oh my gosh. I, I'm getting so much from this from this conversation. And something that keeps on stirring up inside of me is actually an experience that I had, mm-hmm. you know, with Balto mm-hmm. when I was younger. And this was like my soul connection dog. Cause I was obsessed with the story Balto and he was a husky. And I was like, this is my Balto. Like, <laughs> and I was very young and he died very tragically, like in front of us mm-hmm. and and I will never forget that like sort of pain right and so what I have personally realized that I've done in my life and I want to share this because I do think a lot of people um this may happen to I made a conscious choice to be close in my relationships but there's always like that a little bit of closed off. So like, for instance, with Donatella, yes. And, and it's because I'm afraid of that grief part. And so I know that a lot of people do that in their lives as well. Like if you experience something that caused you a lot of pain, you'll close yourself off to not experience that closeness again, because when the, when the loss happens, because everything, right. Everything always has an end. You don't want to go through that pain again. So what are your thoughts on this? You know, when when you experience grief, that fear to experience it again and doing everything in your power not to go through it again. I think it's normal, A, that if anyone is going through that and they feel like, wait, I don't want to love again. I don't want to have another pet. I don't want to have another relationship that hits the same way because of the potential of what it can be. I think over time that, you start with anyone's passing, you start seeing less of them as from like the perspective of their death. And eventually you start remembering more of their life. I think that Mm -hmm. that transition does end up happening. You know, for some people it's super quick for some people. It's not like for me, it took a really long time to be able to see that with through the lens for my mom. And I saw it a little bit faster with my grandmother and like, it's just, it's different. Um, But I know it, it can also pop up kind of like we were just saying with the general conversation around how do you spot these things and is it grief and is it manifesting in this way? It's the same thing. Like the more that you can be aware of it, the easier it is to figure out how to best navigate through it for yourself. Right. When we got Chauncey, I remember, and this isn't something I like openly talked about, but like I remember being so afraid those first few days because I was like, mm-hmm. wait, like I remember Mila being this small and she then ended up in surgery and a year later. And like, I was so afraid that I was going to lose her. And like, now I have this other dog and how do I like, double my size of heart and have two puppies that I love so much. I'm like, what do these relationships look like? Um, And knowing that Mila is like eight years older than Chauncey and like, what is that dynamic for me and stuff? And that was hard, right? Because it brought up a lot of the same feelings around grief and loss and love that can manifest and be re-triggered when something great is happening. And I think that that's another thing, having the sensitivity that grief doesn't just pop up when it's really sad things. It pops up when it's really happy things, right? Like we just moved 
again across the country and um that brought up a lot right because it's like oh wow like I have another really nice apartment that I wish I could show my family or my my mom Mm -hmm. and my grandmother and I can't and so kind of understanding how it ends up coming up for you is a really big way to just make sure you're checking in with yourself right like I think everything now that you're saying is normal right and then it's it's your experience with grief which is so wonderful because someone will take everyone listening who has navigated some version of grief will be able to take at least 10% of it and be like, wait, that's, that's how my experience of being manifest. And that's what I've always found to be the most rewarding part of these conversations is just that then you feel a little less alone in it, just as much as someone else does. Um, and it also reminds you that everyone's is so different because imagine if one person can only meant like really relate to 1% of yours, what does another 99% of their journey look like? Right. And who is relating to that? Um, and I think that that's where we can really see like how vast that definition is and, and how you allow yourself to ultimately be okay with it looking mm. a specific way if jealousy pops up or if you want to love again and it's looking like this and wait, I'm so scared and knowing that someone else has also kind of been down that road. Yeah. So is I that know. what is that what you would say to someone right now that might feel really afraid of facing grief in their life? Yeah, look look around. And then also, I think there's this really um, overwhelming feeling of what is grief, right? And so different people kind of navigate that in different ways. For me, especially specifically right after my losses, um, it was just a lot of writing and trying to listen to like, what what is my grief telling me? And where is it showing up? And how does it sound? Right. And getting to know it from that perspective. And like, sometimes that voice was ugly, right? Sometimes that voice was jealousy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that voice was like a lot of really bad things. Um, but I learned it more and that just helped me figure out like, okay, wait, I can't, I don't have to be as scared of it as, as I feel like I should be because I'm learning a little more. Other people are really like, let me read everything someone else has written so that I can see what pieces manifest for me. I read a book being called the anatomy of grief by Dr. Mm-hmm. Dorothy Hollinger so good it was a recent read um and it was a more probably for me in the last i've read a lot of books in this space um and it was honestly one of the ones that i actually learned something from for the first time in a really long time and it was this great kind of human version of this is how her grief manifested but she's a Mm -hmm. actual scientist right so she sees it from like so many different points of views and like here's how animals are grieving and here's how those things happen and like knowing it from that point of view was actually really healing for me because it took away the not the emotion but the judgment of like if animals are naturally inclined to do it in this way why am I judging my process because this is just the human this is the the normal I am alive version of grieving whether I'm a human or animal this is how it manifests so why am I judging that for instead of trying to understand it so I think for someone who's going through it right now it's kind of like thinking back to how do you navigate other hard things? How do you learn about yourself in other ways and trying to apply that to how you're grieving and finding comfort in that? But also knowing that, you know, it. one of my favorite things, actually one of the, I'll share it with y'all because I, I can't remember right now, but I first heard it in a Netflix show that I was binge watching and I can't remember the show. And then I also saw one of my friends who are also in the grief community post a, a, a Instagram post about it. But it's, you know, people expect that over time, it's your grief that gets smaller, right? And it's like, oh, they have like three mason jars and each mason jar, like the first assumption is like the three in the top row or that grief ball is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. 
But the bottom row of jars, another three, one is like, this is what it actually looks like. And it's like that grief is the exact same. It's you as a jar that's growing bigger and stronger around it so that you know how to deal with it. But the grief is the exact same size. Right. And I think that that's one way that gives you permission to know that like, it isn't the grief that's going to change and that's okay. It's you. You're going to learn how to deal with it better. You're going to learn how to, what works for you and that'll make the next day easier. I love that. That just brought me so much clarity and peace because, you know, it's true. It doesn't look the same for everybody. And, and I think just like expressing how I felt made me feel like, you know, not weird. (laughs) So (laughs) I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I would love to to end with this in the sense that, you know, how can we help those two that want to comfort those that are grieving, right? So I'll give you an example, like, right, like I would say the last three or four days, actually, no, I would say the week before mm-hmm. Romeo passed, because I, I knew we were heading down that path and I was just holding on as much as I could. I was really mean to Steph. Like Steph would literally call me just to check in because she knew. And I was just like, I would literally pick up the phone and say, what do you want to her? Literally. And I never do that I was just like I didn't want to talk to anybody I didn't want to do anything I didn't want to work I was just focused on him and that was it it's like nothing else in my world mattered I mean I know but I understood right yeah but maybe there's people that don't understand and take it really personally right and I felt so bad for weeks after that and I apologize a million times because I was like that that's not who I am especially with Steph (laughs) you know like how can people comfort those that are grieving so I think what Steph said was just really awesome, which is, was like, I understood, right? Like, I right. think that that is a double, it's two-sided, right? One is from like that person's perspective, you knowing that it isn't who you are in your normal days, but it may be who you are in the immediacy of losing someone. And that's okay. Cause right. that's just, it's a traumatic moment of your life, right? You're not meant to be like at the tip top shape of your, like, let me be the most polite human I am. Like, no, yeah. I'm going through something really hard. Yeah. And yeah, like, it isn't ideal to be mean to people, but it's also not, it's just a way that your your grief is kind of projecting in that moment. Yeah. The important thing that you did too, was just be like, hey, I know that I was mean and that was not cool. I'm sorry I did that. And I for, like I apologize, but also like apologize to yourself and forgive yourself for the fact that that's just how that had to be in that moment. And on Steph's perspective, I think it was awesome to be like, well, I know that, like, I'm, I understand it's fine because you can't take it re- really personally, right? Like, if you're on the other person on the other side, it's really hard for you to take. You can't take it personally for the same exact reason that you know that this person, who they are on a day that isn't this worst day of their life, they're not this person. And so they're just going through something really hard. And no one has handed a guidebook on that moment. And so you're not like, here's all the ways that I should be doing it so that I can do it perfectly great and like have a bowl around me. It's just like, I'm trying to like figure this out and this is a lot and it's overwhelming and it's overstimulating um, and everything that comes with that. So I think that if you are a friend of someone who is losing someone right now, being patient is probably the best thing that you can do and keep calling, right? I'm pretty sure that for as crappy as it felt to feel like you had to provide for stuff in a moment where you were barely providing for yourself because even if her expectation wasn't for you to do that she was just trying to be helpful like in your mind you're like wait what do you want from me because I can't give to anything else right now like the reality is that in a week later when you kept on calling she was like wait I could just call her right back Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a comfort in that and knowing that, mm. you know, I'm going to keep on calling even though it's really hard and you want to have that reminder. So if you're on the other side of that, just keep on calling. And if 
you're the person who's grieving, know that there's a lot of forgiveness in this process and a lot of apologies and acceptance that have to come with it. And the more that you can give yourself and other people that grace, the easier it is to not feel alone. I love that. Oh my gosh. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. that. You brought me so much peace today. And I hope that, you know, our listeners as well, because no matter how, what it is that you're losing, it's still really hard. Mm -hmm. And the good news is it doesn't look the same for everybody. So that's good. You're not weird or different or should be embarrassed. <laughs> and so I'm very grateful for you. You know how much you mean to the both of us. Yes. And, um, and I'm grateful for you. Thank you for bringing me peace today. No, and thank you for opening up because I think, like you said, you're going to touch so many people doing this episode and this conversation. And Absolutely. it'll also help you feel less alone, which I think is well worth it. Grateful thank for you. you, friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love Thanks. You. Bye. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you want to learn more about resources and tools that can help you along your grieving process, please follow Vivian Nunez at Viv Nunez on Instagram. Subscribe and leave us a review on all of your favorite platforms. This helps us continue to bring you powerful conversations just like this to you every single week. And text us to the phone number below for subscriber-only freebies and perks to help you become the best version of yourself. We encourage you to continue on with this conversation, keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW. Always love. Melissa. And Stephanie Carcace.